Hello again, everyone. Welcome back. Today I'm very excited. We are going to do another episode about Vietnam. Today I wanted to talk about how the belief of the United States military loss in Vietnam is really just a myth and it was something that was created by the orthodox historian who never really studied Vietnam in the archives What are people afraid of most? The unknown, right? Or if they figure it out, it's going to be too much for them to handle. Well, that's basically the what's going on with studying Vietnam. People are afraid of the unknown. Or if they do find out, how are they going to handle it? You know, I've had a passion for Vietnam probably since I was born. You know, I, I think I've had it in me because of my grandfather. I think it's been it's a part of me. And, you know, when I was like 10 years old, I did a project on Vietnam. And it was, you know, kind of the basic idea of Vietnam. And I found some of the stuff recently in The amount of sense it makes now more than it did is crazy. You know, I do think Vietnam is hard to teach younger kids about what happened because it's so confusing, right? There's so much going on. And teachers also have to have a curriculum. Well, they don't have to, but the state gives them a curriculum and they have to do certain things. So Vietnam's not way on someone's list, right? It's more of just kind of the Cold War in Russia and the U.S. Because even today we have that issue. But Vietnam was a proxy conflict during the Cold War. Much like you could say the Middle East when we invaded Afghanistan. Because they never declared war. Nobody's declared war since World War II. Technically. So, basically, how C. Dale Watton puts it in his book, right, is there was an overwhelming majority of South Vietnamese favored to overthrow North Vietnam and the Communist Party. Right. I've talked about it before. Why is that? Well, you're afraid to lose your life. You know, communism creates, puts you basically into a box. Right. That's how my boy Gary Vanderchuk puts it. Right. He's from Russia. So basically how he explained it was communism puts you in a box when democracy and capitalism in the U.S. lets you create your own box. Does that make sense? Just like, basically, communism is the box, right? And the government is the box. 
And capitalism and democracy allows you to create your own box. So you got to do what you want, say what you want, write what you want, whatever the case may be. When in a communist country or whatever, you are controlled, whether you're happy or sad, depressed, whatever, you are still controlled by the government, right? So you could still be happy, sad, and you have all those feelings in a capitalist democracy because that's a personal thing. But the box idea creates this better understanding of what communism is and what communism does, right? I mean, if you th- go back to World War II, you think of the Nazi party, you think about the, you know, what they did, literally puts you in a box, right? Besides all the craziness and everything, the communists... The reason communist governments never last forever is because people will get sick of being in that box. We all right now are feeling that effect of being stuck in the house because of COVID, right? It's a little bit different, but it's that same idea where the government is controlling every aspect of your life, every single So when you look at Vietnam, you can't really question the United States military and the Marines and what they did on the battlefield because there were numerous amounts of times where the U.S. could have won the conflict in Vietnam and taken out the North Vietnam Army because, like I've said, North Vietnam Army was a must-need, right? army so they needed the people on their side if the u.s military instead of the politics and instead of the politicians believing in the domino effect and slowly graduating the conflict they should have just kept going right really kind of drive like george Patton during world war ii you know drive that hole into the nazi flank but who did not want to do that the leaders of the country because they wanted to prolong the war. So here's my thing. If people think that, oh, the lessons of Vietnam are so important when really that's not a very valid term to say because the lessons, quote unquote, are very broad and very general. And a lot of the general lessons of Vietnam that people talk about are basic lessons that are learned throughout warfare, right? You can learn those lessons you learned in Vietnam. Look at World War I. It's the same lesson. Whatever, you you know, whatever. So, you know, that term lessons of Vietnam, you know, does bug me because lessons are learned from the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. Everything in life is a lesson. Whether it's a good, bad, whatever the lesson is, right? So how come the lessons of Vietnam are what they are and the lessons of World War II are so powerful and so good, right? Why can't we look at Vietnam that way? 
You know, the revisionist outlook. Well, these guys who went over to Southeast Asia were, first of all, a different breed of soldier, of human, of man, whatever you want to say. Call me biased, whatever. Those soldiers are a different breed. They were basically going into an area where they had no idea where the enemy was. You had no idea how many Marines were dead after a conflict, after an engagement with the enemy. And there was no, like, it's so hard to tell who the enemy was. And the propaganda, you know, here's the other thing with communism. Propaganda is its number one resource. Number one thing to get to the people because it wants to make you believe it's for the people when really it's not it puts the people in the box vietnam you kind of have to go back to korea right people remember korea as the mistakes we made in Korea or whatever. So there's the issue with Korea, the forgotten war. Why has that been? Right? Well, people put mistakes with bad things. But just like the word lessons from Vietnam, you make mistakes in World War One and World War Two, right? In World War Two the US got involved so late we made that mistake of not seeing what the Nazi party was doing to the Jewish population. That's a mistake. But yet we still see we still see World War II as this, you know, great war. I mean, no war is great, but, you know, you understand what I'm saying compared it to Korea and Vietnam, right? I mean, the other issue is getting to North Korea and finding the archives, which... I don't know if that'll ever be done. You know, Korea is a topic for another day. But you can't, you can't, in Vietnam, you can't forget about Korea. Because a lot of those guys fought in Korea, right? Now, why have we forgotten about Korea? That's a very new question for historians to ask, I think. I don't think a lot of people have been questioning that. I think due to the fact of North Korea being so isolated and completely opposite to what we believe in, you know, back to that communist idea, that until we get in there right get to the archives get to the stuff as the public historian puts it the stuff I don't think we'll know you know I think eventually hopefully there will be a historian down the line who will get into the White House and see the Korean side of things 
from a U.S. point because I think it's hard right now to just learn about it. It's very hard. And I think a part of that has to do with the educational system, not really bringing it up. But I also think it has something to do with the presidents at the time and how governments control a lot of things that we might not know about. Now let me bring you back to Vietnam. If you think about North Korea today and the issues that those people face, what if the U.S. never got involved in Vietnam? Would Vietnam be the same? Would there be a Ho Chi Minh City if it wasn't for? Think about it. If we didn't get involved in Korea... then the whole North and South Korea would be taken over. And I'm sure we all can agree that North Korea is not where you want to live. So why don't people feel the same way about the Vietnam? You know? Some will argue, well, you know, the U.S. didn't win in Korea. Nobody Nobody wins in any war, ever. Any conflict, ever. When, when humans have to kill humans for another man's dirty hands, it's never good. Right? I can tell you a couple of lessons and mistakes we learned from World War II. I've said it before. The Holocaust... We should have gotten involved a lot earlier, you know? It's mistakes of Korea and lessons of Vietnam. Those wordings create a false belief. And we have to learn something from these two. The other two are fine, right? World War I, World War II, we don't need to learn anything from. And that's not the case. We need to keep learning about all of them. And also... You know, there, there is this generation gap thing with Vietnam because it is kind of newer than World War II and newer than World War One. that it's a lot easier to study something when you're not in it, you know, or you're not, even when you're a child, you know, like this COVID-19 thing's going to be historical and People are going to ask me, and I'm like, I don't study it. I don't want to study it because I lived it. I get that now. Why someone wouldn't want to study something. Now, I'm not against protest. Let's just put that out. I think the people of America didn't understand what they were protesting. You know, I've been to protests. I went to a Black Lives Matter protest here in Providence. Fantastic, peaceful, great. You know, I wanted to be part of history because I'm a nerd. But sometimes 
you know, people don't understand the bigger picture. And they don't understand 10 years from now. They just understand now. So, how, how would the U.S. be successful? Well, the bombing of North Vietnam really didn't do much. You know, Agent Orange was either limit, limit success or no success at all. You know, I think a lot of historians will agree with me on that. What they could have done, right, instead of controlling bases... That the or near the where the French had because if you go to the same spot where the French were when they were colonizing, the North and the NVA and the Viet Cong soldiers are like that's easy picking. We know this place. We've been here since the beginning of time, right? The other thing I think that could really have helped is, uh, first of all, focus all your energy on the Ho Chi Minh Trail. And try to blow a huge hole into it. Because that will really hurt. That would have really hurt their spirit. The nationalistic view. And then all of that. If you could have blown a hole into the Ho Chi Minh Trail. Control that part. Couple holes. Whatever. That was something that was realistic. Right? Something that could have been done. Johnson, McNamara, Westmoreland, these guys didn't really have a good understanding of Vietnam. I don't think they had a good understanding of Vietnam history. They didn't have an understanding of their own history, you know, the U.S. history. Because think about it. How are you, how is anybody going to win a conflict overseas? You need the people on the side. Right? You need the people on your side. Ho Chi Minh was that guy for a lot of Vietnam people. He was extremely nationalistic, extremely communist, and was very easy to grasp on and because he could speak the language. He understood them. The U.S. policymakers didn't understand the people. The troops, the military service who went over, got an understanding of the people because they were there. And they started to understand things that the policymakers never will understand. something new I'm gonna start whenever I talk about Vietnam 
I'm gonna end with a story about my grandfather that I've heard or whatever the case or I've read and his stuff that is just an upwarming story. A good place to start, I think, is when he was with 326, they had just lost Sergeant Taylor. So basically, when Gunny, Gunny Mac, took over for Sergeant Taylor, who also got the Purple Heart, who was a very decorated Marine himself, he took over, he was kind of a new light and a new kind of spirit that could uplift the Marines to move forward and get whatever they were doing the job done, because they had lost so many men. And, you know, it's very hard, like, it's, I don't know, but when you lose your buddy, like, it's a different kind of feeling, it's hard. So Gunny Mac, after the battling and the fighting was over, he made sure that they had beer and soda ready when we got back, and I just think... He was thinking ahead, not even knowing if he would be there with his men to have a beer, right? He was thinking about his men above himself, you know? You got to make those, like, orders, right? That just shows the kind of man he was, the kind of Marine was, you know, I've talked about it before, you know, and I'm going to end with this, you know, Gunny Mac was a Marine's Marine, 